hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin, the only show that took a break for Thanksgiving, but over that time, we didn't, at least I can speak for myself, didn't do any Funkin, because we only have eyes for Munkin. I'm on your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, you know, as they say in show business, you can't go home twice. That is true, except in this episode, Mr. Monk goes home again. Um... Oh, you know, so you can? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, I, right. I remember, I do recall at some point, you know, uh, maybe a decade and a half ago, Bon Jovi asked us all, "Who says you can't go home?" Um, and uh, okay, I gotta go with you on that one because I'm actually not familiar with that reference. That yeah, that's honestly just not even a good reference. That was just like mid two thousands crappy radio. Bon Jovi had like a minor hit called "Who Says You Can't Go Home." It was not good. Um, it's just like, what are you doing making that song, Bon Jovi? All you talk about is being from New Jersey. You go home all the time. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, it'd be like if the Red Hot Chili Peppers made a song that was like, we're not allowed to talk about California. Um, and then make a whole album called Californication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you go home quite a bit because your uh, mom lives right nearby. Uh, so what did, did, how, did you, how did you feel about this episode? Um, you know, um, I guess the only difference here is obviously, um, my dad isn't around anymore, Mm -hmm. so I'm not waiting around for him, let's just say. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's nice to be able to stop by and see your, uh, your mom every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know, there's nobody there to remind you more of how, how much you aren't shit than to go home to Mm -hmm. mom's every Sunday. Yep. I, 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 um, I don't know if that's how I feel when I go home. But it is how I feel when I'm... There, there are places I can go to make myself feel that way. Um, but yeah, no, what did you think of the episode? Uh, I was just segueing. Okay, the episode itself, um, I liked it a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge... We've discussed this when... I don't remember what the first episode with Ambrose was. Mr. Monk and the Three Pies. Yes, okay, right, which was a great episode. That's the one with Holt McElhinney, right? Yeah, I think that that's probably the best episode of the show thus far. Um, yeah, I think so. It might it's be the okay. best episode. It honestly, and might end up being the best episode of the show. Period. But uh, it, yeah, it could be. But but it's it. You know, I was always gonna be into it. I was mm-hmm. for whatever reason because I know who plays Monk's dad. I was like, shit, where the hell is Dan Hedaya? Like, where the hell is mm-hmm. this guy? By the end of the yeah. episode, it turns out mm-hmm. it's kind of a red herring. No, it is. No, Mr. Monk and the red herring. Yeah, uh, I like this episode quite a bit. I think that yeah, the Ambrose stuff is. Um, Always good, and this the rapport is really nice. I don't. Th- I, I think that it doesn't have the same great emotional catharsis that Miss Morgan Three Pies does. Um, mostly yeah, because we'll, we'll get to it, but it's mostly because like the answer that like even though they both like have a moment being like it was your fault, no, it was my fault, it was my fault. Like the actual answer is that it's neither their fault nor it's never a child's fault that the dad leaves, and like the fact that they don't reach that is kind of like that's stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's that it's that, and also I mean I. If I were to subtract points from this episode, it would be the false premise that the dad had anything to do with what happens in this episode. Because it yeah. really doesn't. Hey, um, I agree. I, I mean, it just gives I, you yeah. an excuse to go back to Ambrose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we don't start with Ambrose. We start at a supermarket. Um, you know, great place to start. And uh, there, you, you see a store manager on the phone, and you, re- you, you eventually learn that Ambrose is getting his uh, groceries delivered. Um, so he was uh, way ahead of the times in terms of being prepared for COVID. Um, 100%. Monk would be sorted, too. Yeah. We actually only got our, our uh, groceries delivered once during COVID. And um, 
they the reason we only did it once is because we asked for chicken thighs and they said they couldn't get them so they got us uh pork chops which is not uh the same thing <laughs> yeah it's not now don't get me wrong i i, I can kill i can do some good pork chops on a cast iron so i made up a nice but still um you have a cast iron uh i did when i was like my brothers have it now because i wasn't obviously gonna bring it to florida yeah i don't back. see you as a type to splurge on a cast iron cast iron is actually pretty cheap we got one it was only like twenty dollars um at like target yeah. okay yeah, yeah, it's not. It's actually not that expensive. Um, I yeah. Once I have a kitchen like that's my own, um, that's like fully my own, I definitely will have one again because they are really, they really do. I have one. They make a fucking difference. Like there's some yeah. kitchen gadgets where people are like, oh eh, no, but like especially honestly, with, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have an air fryer and I, I never use that shit. Like my yeah. mom gave it to me. She foisted it onto me, and mm. I made I think potato chips once. Mm. Was not the consistency I want. No, I, 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 I mean, my roommates actually have one. And I've never used it, um, and I haven't seen them use it. But I, I think about air fryer always to me is just like, I feel like if you know what you're doing with an oven, you can basically do most of it anyway. And also, a lot of newer ovens have convection settings anyway, which is basically what an air fryer is. Um, but anyway, but cast right. iron is worth it. I, I think we all can, that that is just. I mean, yes, especially like burgers on there are just like unbelievable. Anyway. Um, so a security guard's checking out, um, and uh, there's a bald guy who we see notice uh, him check out. And this is a very short bald guy, like one of those people. You know, you see people who are so short, like you know, like you are like, oh my god, that's a really really short person. Yep. Um, there's specifically, I have a friend who I won't name, but and because she's not gonna listen, but she and she's just stand ups and she has a joke even about how like there are some people who are like you you just kind of like oh I I didn't realize that that was a, a person. Like, there, this is not a child, because your brain sees child, but anyway. Well, this, fortunately fortunately for her, at least, uh, it's way less stigmatized to be a short woman than it is to be a short I man. understand, I understand, but what I'll say is that she is as short as a woman as this guy is as short as a man, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, anyway. Um, so, Kristen Chenoweth. Style. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, okay. So, Kristen Chenoweth uh, is following, no, uh, that this bald guy is following the security guard, because um, he sees him, you, you, what we learn later is he sees him eating the candy bar, uh, the Neptune right. bar, because they obviously couldn't get a real candy, they couldn't poison a real candy bar, so they're like, okay, a Mars bar, what's another planet? Um, well, the, an Abba Zabba was on it, like, you could very much tell what it was. What? An Abba Zabba? What, is that a candy? I'd never heard of it. Oh lord, uh, yeah, it's the one that looks like a like a it's like a checkered black and oh no, I mean I know yellow. they had I know they had other real candies. I'm saying that they the one that was poisoned they couldn't use a real right one right, right right because right. that would be bad. No no company would agree to that. Um, right, that's true. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, and it's Halloween. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's Halloween. Sorry, I forgot about that. Halloween week. Um, uh, I love in the second season Halloween episode of the show Community, it randomly, randomly George Takei narrates the beginning and end, so it just, it just starts off, Halloween! <laughs> Which I think about all the time. Um, do, you, do you happen to know if this episode aired around Halloween that year? Yeah, it definitely did. I would be I would be shocked if it didn't, because, you know, um, I can double check, but it would be really weird uh, if it didn't. No anyway, so, uh, the bald guy goes up to the security guard, and he asks, do in you have a light? In the parking lot. Yeah, in the parking lot. He says, do you have a light? And... He, the you know pulls something and then we cut away and we just hear bang 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 there's a lot of shots um yeah. five or six yeah 
And then uh, the bald guy runs away. And uh, that's the cold open. Yeah, unexpected killer. Honestly, I, I mean, I, he knew. I mean, you knew that something was going on because, like, when they were filming the the guard, like, paying for his stuff, mm-hmm. he was very like much fixed in the background, like focused on. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, what the hell is this about? And yeah, I mean, you don't really know what the deal is here. Why he would shoot the armored car guy? Because you fi- end up finding out that the the car was empty the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so he definitely wasn't trying to steal anything from mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal? Yeah, and obviously anyone who's seen the 2018 film Den of Thieves knows that there is you might one of the reasons you would shoot people in an armored car who that was empty is because you're planning on stealing it and then using it to as a, as part of a prop to rob the Federal Reserve in Los Angeles. But obviously that's not what this guy's doing because he doesn't take the car. Um, that's the plot of Den of Thieves. You're goddamn right, it's the plot of Den of Thieves. That's basically GTA Five. I mean, yeah, it is. You don't think about Den of Thieves though, which is great. Is Den of Thieves is quite it. Like, it's, the Federal Reserve part is, like, not the main... It is the main plot, but it's not what's important. Dead of Thieves is really, like, if someone took heat and it's just, like, what if we make this 30% worse? And the only thing is, I like heat a lot, so... That's <laughs> great. Know. Anyway. Um, so, Stott and Disher at the parking lot, you know, they're... Uh, I love that you call him Stott now. Yeah. Um, I, the main reason I do it is because in my notes, I write... I obviously keep things short because I have to... Yeah. Like, and so just Stott and, Stott and Dish at parking lot. Um, and, uh, I do like that Disher says, you know, uh, p- p- uh, crimes happen every Halloween and, uh, yeah. some are like, no, no, he's like, what happened last year? And he says, mm. uh, nothing. And he says, what happens the year before that? And mm. he says, it's a new tradition starting this year. Yep. And then so, uh, Monk and Natalie roll up. He could have mentioned the Halloween movies. That's true, he could have. But like, speaking of which, I actually watched, for some reason, on Thanksgiving night, I watched Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Have you seen that movie? I have not. Actually, I've never even seen the first or the, the second first one. The first one, I'll be honest, I, the second one I haven't seen. But the first one, I was the, probably of every classic movie I've ever seen, it's the one I was most underwhelmed by. And I think it's just because I've been spoiled by new stuff. Because, like, only, like, three people die in it, and it's like, that's disappointing. But ha- Yeah, I, I, watch, I watch Friday the 13th, the first one, and that shit is boring as hell. Anyway... But the important thing about Halloween 3, though, is that originally John Carpenter wanted the Halloween movies to each be completely different stories, but the first one was so successful right. that Halloween 2 also had to do with Michael Myers, but then Halloween 3 has nothing to do with uh, Michael Myers. And it is definitely a worse movie than Halloween 1, but I definitely enjoyed it more because it's about, like, this Irish mask maker who uses, like, a piece of Stonehenge to try to do, like, a ma- ritual sacrifice with kids wearing masks. It's amazing. Anyway. Right, but the weird thing about that is, like, I, it's not even John Carpenter that directed the third one, right? No, but he, like, was a producer on it and stuff like that, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he also did the music, which is great because I just love the fact he does music for movies. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Monk reminisces about how there's good times had in this parking lot when he was growing up. He used to watch them. I, I, I'm personally... I One of the things that always makes you laugh in Monk is his stories of childhood about how wistfully he'll say the saddest things. Yeah, well, he'll always mention, like, good times being had, but it's always him observing mm-hmm. good times being had, watching from the sideline. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, despite my suburban upbringing, I never once loitered in a parking lot. Although I think that has everything to do with my parenting than anything else. Uh, you have any good parking lot loitering stories? Uh, no, I mean, okay. not really. So um, we tur- it turns out that the security guard was shot with his own gun. Um, yeah. Which before we learn what happened, because we learned it's obviously because he collapsed on the ground dead. That's why he was able to get shot. But uh, bad look, and in the moment, bad look for our security guard guy. Um, 
Yeah, security guard guys, another catching strays, literally. Now, speaking of grabbing someone's gun, now tell me, tell me I'm crazy. When I, not, not so much at home, but I was like in like middle school and I first saw like a resource officer and stuff like that. Anytime I'd walk by, I'd be like, and you know, like intrusive thoughts, like, what would happen if I grabbed his gun? <laughs> you ever have that? What thought? the hell is a resource officer? Oh, that's the that's the uh, PC name for a uh, police officer in your high school or middle school or something like that. That's what we used to call. Oh, them. we didn't have one of those ever uh, growing up. So hell yeah, baby! Know. That's that's an age gap thing, baby. But yeah, that pri- no, that no, it's that private school life. Baby. Oh, I, also. I went to a private school. See, yeah. you don't come off, like I said, you don't come off as weird. But no, I was gonna say, yeah, definitely. Every time I was like, if I this, th- my whole life would be ruined right now if I just grabbed his gun. I never did that, thank God. Um, but uh, anyway, so this would be a different podcast if you had. Yeah, it would be. I think ultimately I wouldn't be like in jail or whatever, but I definitely would be on a very different track, and just mentally. Uh, I think Mr. Monk Goes to Prison would be a banner episode for you. Yeah. The, the hot tips. Yeah, I did a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> Are um, the cops behind you? Uh, it is. Yes, the cops are right behind me. No, it's I have a window that faces the street. And uh, you know what they ah. say about uh, New York? It never goes to bed. Um, right. And so we there's a we get a brief description of this guy, which the thing that disturbs me about the description is that he was short and had dark hair. Are they just trying to be nice? Because the first thing I think about this guy is he's bald. <laughs> right. No, exactly. That was, I wrote that down. I'm just like, dude, like, why don't you just describe him as being an incredibly bald, short man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I... Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then this is where they talk about the truck being empty. And, yep. uh, and then there's the most important character in the episode shows up. The pigeon. Um, right. Now, I assume that you realized that the pigeon was going to be significant, given the fact that they have like an extreme close-up on the pigeon. I actually did not. I uh, yeah, I, honestly, I didn't. I don't know uh, that's fair. I was just joking because it is kind of funny in hindsight where it's like, why else would they show an extreme close-up of a pigeon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but there are no defensive wounds. Once again, bad look for the security guard. And then there's a clove cigarette, which, um, man. Want to talk about? Uh, a, Does that a, take you back? No, I, I never smoked a cigarette, clover, otherwise. Um, really, uh, not even no. once. No, had, my grandma died of lung disease when I was twelve, so that definitely was a no go. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I you know also just like why like I just never saw the appeal of it. It's like in comparison to like alcohol or you know other drugs even like even drugs I haven't done. It's like I get what the good feeling you get from. Uh, you know, doing heroin is. I've never wanted to do it, but I, I understand intellectually. It's like, hey, it seems like uh, even it seems like anyone I ever saw who was getting pleasure from smoking cigarettes, it's because they already were addicted to cigarettes. So I never understood why I would smoke the first one. Is the way I, I felt. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Anyway, uh, then much like in Mr. Monk and Three Pies, Natalie gets a phone call from who I wrote down in my notes as she gets a phone call from Bros. Oh yeah, bros before hoes. Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, and you know it's funny. It's like it was kind of jarring to me at first because obviously you're only hearing her side of the conversation, but you can like hearing Natalie say the word Sharona. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa! It just like mm-hmm. snapped me out of it. I was like, holy shit, what's going on yeah. here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, Ambrose. I'm sure Monk hasn't kept Ambrose in the loop, but yeah, he made yeah. A, a hiring change. Let's just say. Yes, he made a personnel change. Um, on his uh, personnel Sh- Sharona, Sharona, much like Matt Patricia, got let go mid-season. Um, yep. And, yep. Uh, wow, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, apparently he, she's like, it's your brother. Like, I'll call him back. 
But the thing that stops Buck in his tracks, your father called. And, uh, you know, as we know, Adrian Monk has some daddy issues. Um, not as bad as Ambrose, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, we it doesn't carry on to, like, everyday episodes, whereas I'm pretty sure Ambrose lives in that constant fear. Every, yeah. Or, like, not fear, but, you know, those feelings every day mm-hmm. of his life. Yes. I think that also thing with Monk, too, is that, like, you know, he has so many issues. Who's to say what is and isn't a daddy issue? Um, anyway, uh, we then cut to... Natalie, Julie, and uh, Adrian walking up to Ambrose's house. Um, Julie is triggered, is dressed up for trick or treating as a doctor. Um, really weak costume. Yeah, I mean, I was always bad at costumes because um, I just never was. You know, I, I always was too cool for school, as is no surprise to anyone. And so, like, I oh, never yeah, wanted totally. to do just like a normal costume, but I also was not creative enough to think of a a normal costume so what's your best costume you've ever had your favorite costume um or best and favorite because those are not i mean I, I the thing i've done every halloween basically since i've been an adult because um for my senior year for homecoming week's character day i actually spent the time and money and effort to go like a thrift store and get the clothes needed to do an 11th doctor from doctor who costume and so that's probably the one i'm proudest <laughs> of because i actually put in the effort um and, and this uh, was when I did this. I first bought the stuff when I was seventeen, um, and I'll still break it out if I need a, if I need a Halloween costume in a pinch. I can't imagine how people would have reacted. If, well, then again, Doctor Who had a different thing going on when you were seventeen versus when I was seventeen. I don't think. Yeah. Also, the thing is, Doctor Who was. yeah, I think there are a couple things. One, I think I went, I went to a pretty accept like generally accepting public school. Like you had to really suck for people to make fun of you a lot, um, and also like despite all of my. Peculiarities and things about me. I just was too talkative and sociable person to not have been at least mildly popular and well liked. So like I was not an outcast in any way. Like mm. I was like you know I was good friends with all the people who were popular. So it wasn't like I wasn't in a vulnerable enough position where someone would make fun of me. Although someone who I never met before who was like two years younger than me, who is who I would describe as a ghost, which is a really rude term. Which is the people when you graduate, you're like I did not know that person even was in school with me because you never heard him talk. Right. Right. Came up to me and gave me a hug because they liked the costume and said it was so nice to see me wearing it. Which I took, because I'm selfish, I took that like, oh my god, she thinks it's cool that someone who's not a complete loser is wearing this costume. But that's just me projecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you, okay, my favorite costume personally is, um, actually two years ago I was Jack Torrance. Oh. I was Jack Torrance and my ex-girlfriend was Wendy, I believe was her name. Yes, Wendy Torrance. Yes, her name, Wendy. Yeah, that, prob- that honestly, people, I think that probably party- is why the relationship ended, that you made her dress up as Wendy. I didn't know. Actually, I didn't even oh. want to do that. She wanted to do that and I just agreed to. And there was two people dressed as the twins. Mm. Um, and it was actually a really great costume. Did you have a baseball bat or a typewriter? I had an axe. Oh, duh. Yeah, you, I yeah. was thinking. Sorry, you're right. I was thinking of the specific scene, but yeah, of course. And because it, nice. it was like, because my birthday's around Halloween, mm-hmm. I cut the cake with my axe. Also. Oh, wonderful! Anyway, great stuff. So uh, they're approaching the house, and um, Monk is like, "What do I even say when uh, you know Dad comes back?" Because he's like, "It was my fault that he left." Um, right. Once again, I get why he's like this because people are like this, but it's just like, come on, like it's never a child's. Yeah. It's not a child's yeah. fault. Okay, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but 
Um, I think like the combination of having two like crazy, like not crazy, but like you know, yeah. two special kids. Yes, that might but be I stressful. think that it's fair to say that one, the dad is not irresponsible for that, and two, the mom is like those. They weren't born that way because like they, they weren't born that way. You know, they might have had some True. weird stuff going on beforehand. But anyway, True. Um, it's clear when they talk about their mother, especially in three, the Three Pies, uh, that she definitely was not a normal person. Anyway, right. Um, so uh, they knock on the door, and um, you know Ambrose is very happy. He's like, "I told you he'd be back." And then Ambrose meets Natalie, um, and he's uh, honestly he's creepy. I'm gonna be I'm gonna just be frank. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little creepy. But he also meets Julie, who is dressed as a doctor, or is she? Yeah, turns out she's a cardiologist. Judging by the concave whatever of the you didn't have to. I did. I wasn't quizzing you on that. I was just cheering you up to go to the next scene. But, uh, yeah, well, I was just gonna make the joke, and unfortunately, you moved too fast and say you should have read the he should have read the instruction manual on how to talk to chicks. That hey. yep, yep, yep. That's I mean that is true. I but yeah. hey, maybe Mike Gordon wrote it, you know? Oh, he's a hack though. Mike Gordon's a hack. I mean, because <laughs> I've been and you know, of course, Ambrose has won six of whatever the forget the name of the awards for. It was a weird name. Manual like the Nimzus. Uh, yeah. But they won't send them in the mail, which is yep. weird. Like, come on. Yeah, you have to go accept it in person. Like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, like, no one's You're not really the Oscars, to... you know. And I think even yeah. the Oscars would send you it if you didn't yeah. show up. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So they get the first trick or treaters. Um. And uh, man, I would be really terrified if I was a ten year old and I went to Ambrose's house and he did that whole thing of you're now accepting the contract. That if you take the treat, you are not going to do any tricks around this house. You know what's funny is like I think this might be the first time I ever realized that trick or treat meant that you had to give them a treat or else they were going to fuck around with your shit. Like I yeah. just never associated yeah. that. I, I, the actual origins of trick or treat, I forget what they are. They're dumb and complicated and, you know. But um, something I think it has to do with like pagan things or whatever as everything does. Um, but if you know the origins of trick or treating, uh, please write into the show. Um, that's a pretty Sam weak Hain one. Day. Sam Hain Day, right? Or something I like don't that? know. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. You watched Season of the Witch, man. Come on. I did, but that has nothing to do with that. Um, I mean, it does tech, I guess. I'm but sure it does. It does a little bit, but let me just say this. That movie's writing is not thorough enough to really go into it. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, so, uh, as they're, you know, cleaning up the house, Julie opens up Daddy's study. And, um, not great. No, yeah, she, uh, you know, she pisses Ambrose off, he comes rushing up the stairs and, like, you know, reprimands her for opening the door because, as we know, because we've seen a previous episode, mm-hmm. Ambrose is expecting their dad. He's been waiting for, what, 30 years for his uh, dad yeah. to come back? Yeah, And he needs to have everything the way that he left it, even though I'm pretty sure he didn't leave a house full of newspapers and all mm-hmm. that. I'm pretty sure he didn't leave yeah. it like that, but all right. Um, so, you know, rightfully, Julie's a little freaked out. Um, we kind of understand what Ambrose is going through, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect an 11 to 13-year-old child to get No, uh, yeah, and also, she, he, didn't, he didn't tell her not to go in there, so, like... Right. You know, uh, and then Monk wants her to go in there because he's, like, you know, he wants to burst the balloon of, like, their dad being so special that he deserves, um... 
deserves the everything to be pristine when he comes back, right? That like as if he, you know, and I think that that's the interesting tension is that right. Even He's if the Monk isn't, one. yeah, even if Monk isn't able to realize that like it's neither their fault that he left, he is able to realize like the fact that he left means that we shouldn't be pining after him to return. Like that in itself is a bad thing, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast because, like, you have Monk that, like, doesn't... I mean, obviously, he feels some sort of blame or guilt mm-hmm. about the why the, why his dad left. But he doesn't really, like, carry his life like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't, like... Yeah. and But for, for whatever reason, he, like, can't move on from Trudy. So it's, like... It's a weird, like... Yeah. I, th- I think that is definitely true. I think the difference is that there is... That, like... The thing that you can't move on from Trudy is because there is an open-ended thing that, like, there is a question to answer. Whereas I think even if Monk can't vocalize it, on some level, he realizes that either the reason why his dad left is because his dad is a shitty guy, or it doesn't matter. Like, the que- that, that question actually just is not something that affects him on a day-to-day basis, whereas who killed his wife is something that does, you know? Um, That's true. Yeah, and I, but, I, but the thing is, I think it's an incredibly realistic tension for brothers to have because that's something you see all the time where, you know, a father will be estranged because he's a shitty guy or, like, is abusive or whatever, and then the one sibling will, like, want to have a relationship and when he's dying, then it'll be like, no, fuck him, you know. That's a really yeah. realistic thing. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, Ambrose gets Monk not to go in there because he says if he goes in there, he'll tell, which I think is funny. Um, yeah. And then, and, then, and then we cut to, like... Oh, not that. Oh, where do we cut to? I think we should cut to, like, Ambrose thinking that Monk is, like, a ladies' man because of oh, all the girls I think that, that we'd be skipped, calling. You skipped, uh, I think, I'm pretty sure you're not going in order then because um, that's a little bit later. That's after really? the first the time he gets saw. What? About the phone calls? Yeah, that's later. That's, that happens after the he, uh, Ambrose first gets assaulted. Because the impetus of Ambrose to even ask Natalie out is because Natalie like cares for him when he's hurt. Oh yeah, yeah. right. So okay. yeah, so sure. Ambrose goes. Oh, to the that's door. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ambrose goes to the door, and uh, Frankenstein's at the door, isn't he? Nope, he's not. Who is at the door? Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monsters at the door. Clown. Yes. Although some people would argue that Dr. Frankenstein himself is the monster for trying to play God is the dumb take that I hate. Um, yeah. Anyway. So Frankenstein's monster's at the door. Uh, he's wearing uh-huh. a, he's wearing a suit jacket. Um, like not a, like a sport coat. And like this is just a big mistake by this by our killer. Like what are you doing? You you don't have you know uh, Not only that, but he's wearing four hundred and fifty dollar uh, Italian shoes that Ambrose, yeah. of course, knows. Yeah, four hundred twenty dollars. I clocked that because you know the four twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so basically, Frankenstein's monster rummages through the candy looking for something. Ambrose tries to take it away from him. Uh, Frankenstein's monster throws a uh, pumpkin at his head, and then tries to get the candy, but then gets shoot off by Monk. Because he's so short and he really can't, um, he can't really fight anyone. Yeah, and you know what? I gotta, I gotta give credit to Ambrose in this capacity. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Monk would never have trick or treat candy ready or wouldn't indulge any mm-hmm. of these things. Yeah, and at least you know Ambrose seems to yeah. be in the spirit of it. Exactly. I think that there is the difference. I think that Ambrose 
can't bring himself to participate in regular society but looks upon it fondly whereas mm-hmm. monk does not like that's the difference yeah they're very interesting like uh dichotomy between the two of them yeah absolutely like monk moves to the world and hates it and ambrose stays home but really wishes that he was in the world um yes and yeah i do like that he put so much time into trick-or-treating because he does he's not misanthropic you know what i mean which is i think what makes him a redeemable character because if he stayed in all the time and hated everyone, and was like an asshole yeah yeah, yeah he'd suck um, and so, uh, yeah, Stalmeyer and Disher show up to, you know, take his statement. Um, and they think it's just some kid as, you know, the police always do. They always think right. either, either the victim ran away or it's just some kid messing around. Um, right. but, uh, yeah, and this is actually where we learned that the truck was empty from the start. Um, mm-hmm. and there's actually a really nice moment I like where they ask Monk if he wants to come back and help them question the cashier. And he says, you know, I can't. My father. And Stalmeyer very sincerely is like, oh, yeah. Good luck with that. Like, he's, you know. Let me know how it goes tomorrow or something Yeah, exactly. Like I really like that moment. Um, Same. And then Disher tries to take some candy. And oh, boy. Yeah, and that's where that's where Disher tries to take the Abba Zabba. But, like, still never heard of an Abba Zabba. I'll look this up. I'm not denying it's real. I don't. I'm not, you know, weird. But. Have you seen Half-Baked? Uh, I have not. <sighs> Okay, yeah, Abba Zabba is like taffy, but it's like peanut butter and banana flavored. Uh, yeah, I guess I've seen this before. I've never had one, but uh, um, I mean, what, yeah. what's the flavor on it? I've never. I it mean, I is, think I've had it uh, once. Taffy with a peanut butter center. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Abba Zabba bars can be found almost exclusively west of the Rockies, according to Wikipedia. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah. So he tries to take the Abba Zabba bar, and what happens? Um, well, just Ambrose tells him not to, or did, did I miss something? Well, no, well, specifically, why? Because, I mean, why would he not just take one piece of Oh, candy? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because, uh, Ambrose notices trends, he, he buys his candy, you know, he thinks about it, it's, it's a Based very, on weather, census data? Census data, and, like, demand from the year before, yeah. and all kinds of shit, and basically, he, he got it down so, he narrowed it down so much that he only had one extra bar from last year mm-hmm. which but, to me uh, yeah. it would seem like he would have a huge problem with even having any leftovers but okay no uh, i mean because the thing is i think that's another thing too i think that unlike monk who would be obsessed with the one leftover ambrose is most concerned with having enough because i think it would drive ambrose crazy the idea the fear of whereas the thing is that monk would find it equally bad if he had one left over and was one short whereas ambrose would find it to be the worst thing in the world if he was one short because that means that he disappointed like that he didn't have candy for someone you know like that he That's that true. that yeah, i yeah. can't imagine him be okay with anyway um this is when they you know they're setting the table and ambrose pulls monk aside up into the attic um mm. and this is where okay this is the senior time earlier yeah, it's just basically like he's talking about like. Well, first he's trying to feel out Natalie and Monk's relationship because obviously we know that Ambrose is into her, mm-hmm. and he's just basically like, oh yeah, well I was just wondering like how how what's your guys' situation because mm-hmm. you've always been kind of well he doesn't say you're like you've been a ladies' man but like that he that he always grew up with like people calling the house mm-hmm. all these girls, girls calling the ladies house. calling the house. Yeah, to and Monk just lets him know, like, hey, by the way, uh, those were all my teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think he asked him about one teacher in particular, mm-hmm. and I don't remember how that ends, because it just cuts off. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, you know, that's a dumb question. But no, I do love the idea. Like, yeah, those are teachers. Um, but, uh, and then she's like, he's like, is she, is she with anyone else? And, um, 
you know, uh, he, you know, he, you know, I, I appreciate him, you know, uh, shooting a shot, you know, uh, but and I appreciate him not trying to step on his brother's toes. If that was, yeah, that case. is, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just like, that's just very polite. And I think that I, I appreciate you pointing that out because I did overlook that, but you know, um, they don't, they don't always see eye to eye, but at least they understand that there's, you know, code to these things. Um, yep. But anyway, then there's a third set of trick-or-treaters come, and uh, Julie decides to go with them because she hasn't been trick-or-treating at all, and she takes... Because one, one of the kids is from her class. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, and she takes uh, Natalie's phone with her, um, and uh, yeah. So then we cut to the police station, and they're interviewing the cashier, and they have a good sketch. And oh no, there's a problem with the sketch. Apparently. Yeah, apparently the... <laughs> The the perp looks just like Kiefer Sutherland, which no, he's not. Also, the sketch no, does not, not at all. Yeah, the sketch doesn't even look like the guy who it is. No, really. it doesn't. No. Um, uh, like, that's like, understandable but, because, like you know, I don't blame someone for not having a perfect memory of how someone looks. But that definitely does not look like Kiefer Sutherland. Okay, I'm trying to think. Like, who could? Okay, I would say the guy looked like a more bald version of like PJ Byrne or something. Yes, I was thinking PJ Byrne as well. Um, Were you? Yeah, I was. But that's honestly right. also because like Peter Burns is a great character actor in terms of guys who just show up and shit. Like, yeah, um, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, oh my god, he's so funny. The Wolf. Wolf of Wall Street's one of the few movies he's in that he's actually like in. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, but anyway, shouts to P.J. Burns. Uh, I hope he listens. Um, yes, but apparently does the guy, he ever show up on Monk? Does he ever show up on Monk? Honestly, I don't remember because at the time I was watching Monk, I was not on the lookout for P.J. Burns all the time. Uh-huh. Um, but there's a possibility you can look it up. But anyway, what? we learn is that the guy the bald guy who eventually learns his name is paul he all he did was buy eight candy bars and uh when they ask the cashier so he shot she's like so he shot the driver and then he looked in the back of the truck and saw there's nothing there and he she says no he didn't look in the back of the truck at all bump bump yeah like uh so clearly what we know now and what we you know, knew kind of before was that it was never about the money. Mm-hmm. Now, more importantly, did you see it has PJ Byrne been in Monk? No, he's okay. Not. Um, you know what? Sad, sad stuff. Uh, would have been nice to see him on, but anyway, he was on Burn Notice though. Of course, he was. Shout, and he hey, played a man. Should, he played a man named Stacy. We should actually start a podcast called Burn Notice, but spelled B Y R N E. It's just us reviewing <laughs> movies and TV shows that have PJ Byrne in it. How did I not see that? That's incredible. Um, anyway, uh, then we get a little montage of Julie trick-or-treating, and in the background, oh, it's Frankenstein's monster. Yep. And then not speaking. this grown man takes the candy from a bunch of children. <laughs> not that grown. No, not that grown. Severely not grown man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Legally aged adult man. man. Yeah, aged, yeah. aged man. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the base leaving logic in this episode is that he convinced a woman taller than him to marry him, but yeah, whatever. And then that he somehow was like, oh, you're not good. Like, I'm going to kill you. Like, what the hell? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, for sure. Um, sorry. Sorry to my short kings, but uh, he also sucked. So, like, I'm not really, I don't feel bad about making fun of him. Um, he tried yeah. to kill his wife and multiple other people. So Monk then just does his investigation at the playground. And uh, I really like the line <laughs> where he asked where the guy went, and the guy who was dressed as a hippie said he went down like Hayward Street, and he's like, "Are you sure you didn't hallucinate it?" 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's treating the guy because he's just like a hippie, and he's yeah. treating him like he's an actual hippie. It's and like, Natalie reminds him like he's not an actual hippie. I don't know how often it comes up, but it definitely is a thing that a through line in Monk. They might only come up like three or four times, but Monk hates hippies. <laughs> Um, he hates hippies or he hates like he, stoners. He hates hippies. I don't know. He probably hates stoners too. But speci- but think about it. He gets to forget. I remember Picked the that, wrong like, city to live in. Yes, you got to remember though. His cultural references stop in like 1970. So to him, a stoner and a hippie are synonymous. Yes, true. Um, He's been spending a lot of time in Haight Ashbury or something. Yes, um, and uh, the, then he separates the kids into groups of who got their candy to- stolen and who uh, didn't. And then there's a revelation that, you know, shocked audiences worldwide. Yeah. Turns out the only people that got, or the only kids that got stolen uh, from were people that were triggered, that had trick or treated at Ambrose's house. So mm-hmm. someone's trying to get Ambrose's candy. Yes. And or, it ain't Disher. Mm-hmm. Or as the one person says, the house where the special man lives, which, you know. Sad stuff about Ambrose, but also not untrue. Uh, so they, he also monk finds a clove cigarette on the ground at the par- in the uh, playground, mm-hmm. you know. And so they somehow get Stott and Disher back at the house, and they're inspecting the candy, but they can't come up with a good enough reason of why this Frankenstein character, also was the one who shot the guard, also stole candy from kids. Um, but they don't know that. Yeah. Right. Uh, excuse me. Um, and, of course, Julie, she wants to keep trick-or-treating. You know, she barely got any done. And she asked Disher if he can go with her because Natalie won't let her go without a police escort. And Disher's like, can I? <laughs> yeah, he wants to do it. He's, You know what? If anything, Disher is the ultimate, like, um, selfless uh, person. Like, he always volunteers to do whatever. He'll be Natalie's bodyguard. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he probably just wanted to get some candy, but... Right, but, like, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, but then Ambrose convinces Monk to go with her because, you know, he's got, uh, you know, the other things on his mind. Yep. Um, and, yeah. And then Monk goes dressed as a safety patrol officer. Um, oh, you mean, like, he's trying to... Okay, because he's trying to get at Nally, like, by himself? Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sorry. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't even think that was subtext. I think that that was just what the text was. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, because um, yeah, Monk's... Let's just talk about Monk being the safety patrol officer. I was a safety patrol officer in fifth grade. Um, yep, anyway. So uh, when did the nuts take over the nut house? What do you mean? Why would you assign a kid to be a patrol officer? Well, no, not literally. Like, not like... A, it wasn't a crossing guard. It was like we wore a sash in the beginning and the end of the days. We had, like, we... Uh, stood around places in the school and, like, told people where to go. And, like, we made sure we, like, helped kids get on the right buses. And then, yeah. Also, fifth grade was the last year of elementary school, so we were the oldest kids there, so. Okay, see, this is another difference between you and I. It's when you go to private school, it's K through 8. Mm. So I didn't have middle school. Yeah. Um, So, anyway. Yeah, so, no, that, it it was only fifth graders could be part of safety patrol, so. Gotcha. Uh, Anyway. Ambrose and Natalie look at some photos. We learned that Ambrose was named after a turtle. Um, sad stuff. That's and a bad beat. It, it's really bad, but it's not as bad as like Natalie finding a picture of them all like laughing. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were just practicing laughing because 
they, I guess the mom was concerned that they never actually laughed, so I guess they needed to pretend or to know how to. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Definitely something you hear, like, a serial killer say offhandedly in, like, a jail interview. Like, yeah. You know, like, if, if you were listening to, like, an interview with, like, Ed Kemper and he was like, my mother, she made me laugh when I was nine because I didn't laugh normally. <laughs> so now I know how to do that. If you heard him do that, that would make sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I actually don't know if that was good to Ed Kemper. That was just me doing an impression of the guy in Mindhunter. But he won an Emmy, so... Uh, actually, well, he was nominated for an Emmy, so... You know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And then there's apparently a photo taken the day before that her dad left, which is weird, because it's just him. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, and then and Hold on. Okay, yeah. and we know that uh, their dad is going to be played by Dan Hedaya, right? Yeah, well, we don't know when this episode was made, but yeah. Right, okay, well... Yeah, they could also, Dan is also, casting. like, not to mention that Dan Hedaya is only 13 years older than Tony Shalhoub, so, like, he couldn't be his dad anyway, but whatever. That's one of my like, big pet peeves in movies and TV shows is when people play father and son or daughter or whatever that when they're it not. It was a right, different just... time. It was a different time. No, it wasn't a different time because they're still doing it. <laughs> it still happens all the fucking time. Um, so then? What? It could happen. So then it could happen. Oh, oh, I thought you meant that they were, like, casting differently. Yes. No, no, uh, okay, no, no, no. no. I don't think that uh, Mr. Monk's dad was uh, 13 when he, I uh, take it. I take it. You haven't seen a teacher on Hulu. Now I know I he's not, not a freshman. No, I know he's, he's not. not a freshman. Also, yeah. He's de- also yeah. Whatever. Um, I have not seen a teacher on Hulu. Um, is it I any haven't good? either. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't either. It seems like it, it's you know, like it, I yeah. I can't unless it's like really really good. I can't good conscience watch it because it's just like it just you know, it's, it's too. It's gonna make me feel really sick. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Because yeah. that was always a thing. If I can have a b- brief sidetrack, and I think I think you and I are on the same mind of this. Like, whenever kids, you know, because obviously... I know where this is going. Yeah. There were always kids. There were kids who would talk, talk about, like, the hot teacher um, who... Yeah. And, and the thing is, the hot teacher in my high school had a very similar, like, height and build of Kate Mara. So that's actually one of the reasons I don't watch it, too. She had blonde hair, but, like, basically the same, like, very short, but, like, that type of thing. Um, and I remember people joke about that, and it's like, oh, like, oh man, it would be so cool if they had sex with teachers, like... I, the thing that I do appreciate that the show a teacher seems to be doing is, like, that would be, like, really traumatic if you were 16 years old and, like, a 30-year-old woman just came on to you. Like, that would be terrible. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think about it at the time, no. but later on in life, you'd yeah, be like, that's uh, ridiculous Jesus. Because, like, yeah. especially, you know, like, the amount of times where, like, I'm, you know, I'm only 24, and I think back to when I was 16, it's like, I was not an adult at all. <laughs> like, I just should not have been. That's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah I I'm glad you knew where I was going because yeah anyway if you guys watch a teacher on Hulu let us know if it's good anyway so uh, they end up um, uh, Monk we see Monk and Julie trick or treating and uh, we learn that they we eventually realize they're trick or treating at the wife of the murderer's house um, right and the wife seems like a very nice woman once again this guy I, what did she do. What did she do? Okay, that's my big question about this episode. Why the hell does he want to kill her? It I makes mean, no sense. Did she I mean, make fun of him for being short? Like, she what, might. What's going on? Honestly, not a bad idea. She now, fucking married him, though. That is true. Um, but I think that Andy Breckman's words about wives and mistresses getting murdered are good. Oh, yeah. There's just really no... The unfortunate thing about the history of men and why I will never protest when someone on Twitter says something like, all men are shit, 
is because like the history is littered with men who killed their wives who did not have it coming. <laughs> like it's just. Yeah, they were just in the way of them trying to get their dick somewhere else. Yeah, which in that case, that implies that there's someone else who wants that guy's, like, gee, man. I'm saying in most cases, no, not I'm kidding, this I'm one. Kidding. But yeah. also, you don't know. Like, that's the thing. Crazier things have happened, man. Um, you yeah, know. true. Anyway, so apparently this woman loves to eat a Neptune bar right before bed. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know, that's one uh, of two ways to get diabetes. The other is born, being born with it. Um, Sorry, one last thing, and yeah, we don't have to stay long on this. No, um, I don't care. Uh, what do you think a Neptune bar is a substitution for? I think uh, it's like a payday because it just says it's like nutty and chocolate. No, because it's it's not. There's chocolate in it. a payday. Is no chocolate. It's not. No, a payday. Is no, it the, is. What? Payday is chocolate covered. I'm a hundred percent sure. I ate, I was a payday guy for like a whole year. My whole sophomore year of college. A payday is literally just. Uh, you're in payday. college, you're yeah, a payday what? guy. Yeah. I, I mean, I had more candy bars in college than any other time because I, I buy them myself. I was blowing money because also my sophomore year of college. Oh, it's 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 peanut yeah, caramel. Yeah, yeah, my sophomore year of college, I lived uh, in Chinatown, and I lived like three minutes from the subway stop. But the subway stop in between that was a Seven Eleven, and um, every night, every single time I came home, I'm like either getting a soda, a candy, or both. Because I was so would you college. so would you so would you so would you get it and be like guess what day it is it's payday uh yes and did I more than once get two bars and then said guess what it's payday and I got a hundred grand <laughs> I did do that <laughs> I fucking love that okay yeah yeah I would ask my roommate to confirm if we didn't have a flying out anyway so um <laughs> we go back to the house and uh, Natalie and Ambrose are sitting on the couch and it's eight oh four. Um, yeah, the, the dad was supposed to come at eight, and rather than be yeah. despondent about it, which he is a little bit, I got respect, yeah. Ambrose. You would think like, oh my, he's completely broken. His dad is him again, but he's like, no, 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 no. Yep, two go. things, two go. things. Uh, one, uh, we forgot to mention. Also, Ambrose feels that that uh, the dad left because of him. Oh, right, right, like, right, right. I mean, we probably talked about it before. No, but no, I appreciate same... you saying it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, and that's it. So, sorry, just one thing, just one thing. Okay, uh, but I was gonna say. Ambrose pushes through his disappointment and is like, my dad not being here is not going to stop me from trying to get it in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's rude. I don't know. I've, I felt bad about when I, as I was saying it, I should have, you know, in terms of the well, dirty thing I've said in this podcast, it's not very high, but it just, it feels bad saying about Ambrose. But he makes his move and is like, would you ever want to go out with me? With someone like me? I like the way he puts it. Would you want to go out with someone like me? Well, specifically me. Um, yeah. And... You know, Natalie Tour. She's credit. pretty diplomatic about it. She's very diplomatic about it. Now, I suspect that she's just lying, which is fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. I also, you know, the thing is, yeah. I, is that the way you read it? Because I read it that she was just being nice. Um, uh, no, I mean, I just assume she's being nice, but she played it She yeah. played it off extremely well. Very, yes. very... Very diplomatically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And in such a way that... Like, thank God Ambrose isn't crazy, because I know that, like, my mind has been poisoned too much by, like, reading, like, nightmare stories on the internet, where I'm like, oh, no. Like, this is read like, that story just reads, like, a story you read on Reddit where it's like, I told this guy at my job that I can't uh, go out with him because I work for his brother, and then he, I saw him try to kill his brother. <laughs> like, you right. know what I mean? Like, that's, right. what it, that's what it sounds like. But obviously Ambrose right. is not an incel. Um, right. Anyway. Uh... 
yeah and, and yeah. he like he she she said he says like so you're telling me that's like a maybe and she says yeah so you know like it's not it's not yeah. over for him it's it's a lot less pathetic version of the so you're telling me there's a chance from dumb and dumber mm-hmm. um and uh he also says can i tell my father and she says sure which that's also like that actually is a recipe to get murdered though because like <laughs> like in terms of like because he's gonna be proud of it and then like his dad anyway i'm kidding i'm kidding um but uh anyway um, I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm in real life. I think that uh, we shouldn't. Women shouldn't have to let guys down easy for fear that they'll get murdered. Um, it's pro- a problem that we have societally. Anyway, yes. that uh, monk stumbles upon the dead pigeon. He calls the captain, and he wants an autopsy for this pigeon because he knows it's the same fucking pigeon because he's monk. Right. Right. And because it's got the same five brown spots on the mm-hmm. back, and you know, we should have been paying attention. I, I yeah. let my guard down. Did not know this pigeon was going to mean anything, but yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, oh yeah. By the way, mm-hmm. this episode aired on July fifteenth, two thousand and five. It did. Wow. Yeah. USA. Yeah. USA. Come on. What's, go- what's going on here? That that's that's bad. As a matter of fact. The halfway point of this season was August 26th, and it didn't come back until December 2nd. Yeah, I don't know why that would happen. Because, I mean, usually, I imagine they probably expect... When they made it, I think they probably would have expected it um, to air on Halloween. Um, But, you know, maybe they got moved up in the schedule or moved back because of something. Um, Maybe they were not given enough burn notice about it. They No, um, I think that that show didn't come on until a few years later, but yeah. Actually, I know for a fact it didn't because... Yeah, uh, I know, me too. Because Jeffrey Donovan actually guest starred in an episode of Monk before burn notice. So uh, Michael Weston. Michael, my name is Michael Weston. I used to be a spy until... I'm not going to do all of it because I think I've done it before. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I we, ex- we did it when the when the guest actor was a guy named Michael oh, Weston. Oh, yeah, named Michael Weston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, they go, we're all back at the house, and, um, they're waiting, uh, and, um, it's not wait- looking good. Yeah, no, um, yeah, and they go, like, uh, honestly, my notes here aren't super clear, so tell me what happened. Uh, well, basically, uh, Adrian, you know, basically, or, sorry, I had to put Adrian in my notes because they're both monks, yeah. but essentially Adrian you, comes to the conclusion that obviously it doesn't look like he's showing up because yeah. it's like more than an hour late at this point, and Ambrose gets pissed off because, and he starts mentioning about the fact that that was always his problem is that he was never patient, mm-hmm. which, fair, okay, mm-hmm. but like, uh, it doesn't take, you, you'd have to be an extremely patient person to wait 30 years for something yeah. to happen. And so he decided, like, whatever. So he storms off and he does something. I forgot what he did. I think he went to go get... Oh, he went to go eat some fucking chocolate. Yeah. We don't see that until after. So in that, Adrian gets pissed off, goes upstairs and decides, you know what? I'm tired of this guy, like, keeping this study, Mm -hmm. you know, pristine for a person that's never going to come back again. Mm -hmm. So he decides he's going to clean out the study. So in Mm -hmm. the midst of all doing that, um, I guess they somehow hear that something's going on downstairs. I'm not sure how it transitions. Well, no, what happens is... Now they get a phone call, call saying that yeah. the bird was poisoned with tetrachlordrine. Um, also, right. I forgot to mention earlier yes. that they noticed that they, there's the house that uh, Julie and Monk trick or treat at is Gilstrap is the last name. Um, yes, they noticed that. I forgot to mention that because uh, it's yes. important because they uh, tetrachlordrine it is synthetically produced. It's made at a plant nearby, but they noticed that it was stolen when a guy named Paul Gilstrap was caught putting it back. Um, right. Which man, that's gotta, 
Gotta really, that's gotta be a stressful moment when you get caught putting back the chemical you used to kill your wife and a bunch of other people. Um, well, yeah, and that's that's when we get to what happened. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that Mulk puts it together and he runs downstairs and he sees that Ambrose just ate a Neptune bar. Well, no, well, he's like, where's the Neptune bar? And yeah. it's not, he's like, was there none? And he's like, not anymore. And because he just right. ate it. Um, and that lady specifically mentioned, or Gilstrap's wife, or I guess Mrs. Yeah, Gilstrap yeah. mentioned that she had an Neptune bar every night. night. Exactly. So Natalie goes to call 911, and then, uh, you know, um, Ambrose pulls the uh, Christopher Plumber and knives out and points out that by the time the ambulance got there and got him to the hospital, he'd be dead. Um, mm-hmm. And much like Christopher Plummer and knives out, well, unlike him, he doesn't kill himself. And But like him, he would survive anyway. Um uh, right. Anyway, so because he's apparently tetrachloridrine will kill you in five minutes, um, which that's I don't know how long it took shit. that fucking bird to die. Didn't seem like it was. It seemed like uh, it was longer than five minutes. True, but he also he had like a couple crumbs on the ground. Okay. I mean, All right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I mean, Ambrose just ate a whole chocolate bar. Um, yeah. I also don't know how bird digestive systems work. Okay. If you're an ornithologist and you know how bird digestive systems work, I don't know why I can't speak. Please, actually, please email into the show. It's not relevant for anything, but please email in. Yeah, we uh, just well, want to DM. Know. Yeah, I just want to talk to you about how you got there. Um, but what do you feel about the fact that kids roll their eyes at having to examine owl vomit? Anyway, um, so they're in the ambulance, and um, you know uh, they, they think have, he's a goner. Yeah, they think he's gonna die, and he's like, "Tell me what happened. I don't want to die without knowing." Which fair, and yeah. uh, I'm not dying, but. I'm dying to hear you tell me what happened. Okay, so it appears that this man, Paul Gilstrap, which is the name of the guy, uh, the very short man, Frankenstein's monster, mm-hmm. uh, he was trying to kill his wife. Why? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Fuck if we care, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he obviously knew that he couldn't just, because it's something that's synthetically produced. Mm-hmm. It had to be a bunch of people dying or else it would be a very specific person or, or reason why i guess it would still be that anyways but no i mean right, i think whatever. that the reason i think it's not because it's just aesthetically produced i think it's because if only because he got caught putting it back no not because he got caught putting it back but it's because even it, like it is it's obviously relatively rare but it's like they said it's like an insecticide or something like that and basically that yeah. the thing about it the reason why he got caught because it's an undiluted and whereas when it's an insecticide it would be diluted but the reason you have to do multiple people is because if only his wife died, he's immediately looked at as a suspect. Well, yeah, they could exactly. be like, oh, he works at this plant, yada, yada, yada. Whereas if, like, 20 people die, you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, the Tylenol poisonings of, like, the 70s. Where two I heard about it. Got poisoned by Tylenol. Like, I I don't know what the police did, but I also had two people as well love for it. But let's say 15 people across the country got poisoned by Tylenol. They wouldn't look into, like, the husbands or wives of any of the people who died because why would they, you know? Um, right. So if his plan succeeded, it was a good plan in my opinion. If I can say so myself. Yeah, I just, like, I... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's fine. So essentially, yeah, he wanted to make it look like... He needed to put he needed to poison a bunch of bars to make it look like it was some sort of serial killer. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. we don't know how he would have gotten his hands on that, but all right. Um, well, what do you mean? And well, we don't know how the serial killer would have gotten his hands. Oh, on his right, 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 right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's my point. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and so obviously we know that his wife has one every night, and so he 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 
he poisoned a bunch of bars. On his way back to put it to put the tetrahydrochlorine back, I guess he was caught doing that. So he knew that he the jig was up. He needed to pull all the poison bars that he could. So that's why he was at that beach's place. Um, I guess he yeah he'd planted it there all yeah. those bars and because they all live in that neighborhood. Yeah. And so, um, so he's watching the guard buy the eight candy bars that he bought. Well, no, followed him. The, the Paul bought eight candy bars. I thought. Um, yeah, the guard. They, no, Paul did bought the eight candy bars. Because Paul was buying no. all the candy bars. No, Paul was buying the candy bars. But the guard bought a bunch of candy bars too. No. No, he, he bought the one candy bar. Oh, okay. The receipt. Okay, was yeah, from, yeah. Because Paul basically tried to buy every single candy bar, and he because he poisoned ten, and the only ones that weren't there still were the one for Ambrose and the one for the guard. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He had eight of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, he sees the guard eating the bar. He sees the guard eating the bar, and he knows that they're going to find out that he's poisoned, so he needs to throw off the cause of death. So he that's when he used the whole cigarette uh, lighting incident to basically reach for his gun and shoot him dead, mm-hmm. hoping that that would call off all the dogs. But, obviously, the one candy bar with the tetrahydrochlorine was still out there, and mm-hmm. that's when we, we all heard Ambrose was getting his... Mm-hmm his groceries delivered mm-hmm. one of those things was a neptune bar so mm-hmm. that's why he was dressed in the frankenstein's monster costume he was the one trying to find that last bar mm-hmm. and he failed to do to get it yeah and so of course here's ambrose he's dying in the ambulance but mm-hmm. i mean are we sure he's dying because because he thinks he's dying because he said the bar tasted funny but they look at there's an extra neptune bar in the bag and mm-hmm. then they look at the rapper, and the rapper says it expired 11 months ago. He ate Turns the one out, bar from last year. That's right. Which would be, I think this would be a cheap cop-out if they didn't set up the fact that there was exactly one bar from last year. Yes. Yes. I um, mean, good job, yeah. writer's room. Yeah. Because uh, then he keeps repeating over and over, that's why it tasted funny. Um, uh, so he's not poisoned, he just has a stomachache. Yes. Yeah, so he, he just has a stomachache. He had a stomachache. Um, and so he's not dying. And then we see, uh, Stoudmire and Disher at Paul Gilstrap's house. And they say, Stoudmire says, boo, which I appreciate a lot. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted them to say trick or treat. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, it'd be trick or treat, motherfucker, which, you know. <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah. Um. Wait, but, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Shh. Was that Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection? No, I haven't seen Halloween Resurrection. So who was Trick or Treat Motherfucker? I just made that up. No, that's a fucking line, dude. I mean, of course. I mean, I, that doesn't surprise me. I, 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 but I just thought of it now. I'm, not, I, I, I'm sure Buster Rhymes in Halloween Resurrection says Trick or Treat Motherfucker. But um, okay. anyway, we cut to then the end bit where they're getting it out is. of taxi. He does say it. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. Uh. <laughs> So, getting out of taxi, and Natalie's like, we're going to have a date on Friday. Um, you know, she's being nice, and he's like, no, 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 never mind. No. He's uh, he's backing out, which, you know, like, he showed a lot of courage earlier, and now he's really squandering it. Yeah. And then this is, this is where the episode, this actually loses the episode 0.5 points for me. I think that it's actually really bad. I don't even know from a writing standpoint, from just, like, a dealing with characters with mental illness thing, for the dad to have come and him missed it. 
because I think it's really bad that the character who has agoraphobia one the second time you ever left the house, he, the thing he was waiting for actually happens. Like that's just kind of like, cruel and unnecessary to a point that I think it's like actually just like distasteful. If that makes sense. And I don't think you need to be necessarily like real always nice to your characters, but it's like I just wish it, it feels just like unfair. Like come on, like there's there's no reason why the guy who's can't leave his house because his dad's gonna show up that he leaves his house because he thinks he's dying and then his dad shows up it's like well because the lesson ultimately is that he should never have left his house which is the wrong lesson right no for sure but also what really irritated me or what really uh the thing about the gourd uh what is it the what something my something my gourd what is it didn't really you say that once my gourd oh what really got gets my gourd yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what really got my gourd was like um fuck, what was it oh it, oh yeah it's that like you see like him walking up to the house and for someone that's so agoraphobic he's like totally chill right before they go inside the house yeah yeah it, that definitely is true he definitely should be much more uh i mean he almost burned to death in his yeah. house because he didn't want to leave it yeah um but all right and so they ask will he be back and it's like i don't know and he says let's go inside it's better inside um, and then the episode ends. Um, what did you give this episode out of 10? I gave it an 8.5. I gave it an 8.5 as well. Um, I think that, like I said, the stuff with John Stroh is always really strong. And I really like this, uh, murder because I think it's always fun when, like, it's, because it, it combines, because it's, like, a really complicated murder plot, but the guy fucks up, so then he ha- it becomes, like, uncomplicated, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, not only, I, I would have actually given this a 9 because obviously I fucking love Halloween mm-hmm. and I love John Turturro, so mm-hmm. that, like, is great. But ultimately, like, we don't know the motivation of the killer. Like, why? Yeah. Why mm-hmm. did this need to happen? I think that was a major, like, problem for me in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not enough to get it off of an 8.5, which no, is No, it's good, still a really good still. episode. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, if you want to hear us talk about more really good episodes, please follow the show at Strictly Munkin. Andre will follow you on Twitter. You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please like, subscribe, uh, rate, review. I don't know. I said like. You don't do that on podcasting apps. Um, and yeah, share it with your friends. Uh, and like I said, if you're an ornithologist, please hit us up. And more important than all that, though, please tune in this Friday as we uh, we do what a lot of people have been doing during this quarantine. I mean, I definitely have. We talk about Mr. Monk stays in bed. Let's get monkey.